tell you what you're listening to. Welcome to Father Simon Says on Relevant Radio with Father Richard Simon. I'm here to answer your questions. Have a question? Give us a call. 1-888-914-9149. As any question you may have about the Lord, the faith, and the church, that's 1-888-914-9149. This is, in fact, a radio show called Father Simon Says on Relevant Radio. Hello, hello, welcome. We're here again. <laughs> we're back from yesterday, of course. That always unnerves the voice in my head when I say we're back. Is it? But we're just starting. Well, yeah. That made no sense. So it's all semantics. The the yeah, it's all semantics. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Lord, you taught the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit. Grant us by that same spirit to have right judgment in all things, and evermore to rejoice in his comfort through Christ our Lord. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, let's open the big book on the coffee table. Talk about, no, not wasting any time at all, said the voice in my head. Talk about semantics. This first reading from the Book of Wisdom is, it's a doozy. This is going to be one big, long word of the day session here. In wisdom is a spirit. Okay, a spirit. Let's look at the word spirit. You know, when we hear a word spirit, we think of, uh, you know, sort of a ghost or something, or, or the Holy Spirit's not. Remember, we, everybody... Oh, yes, in the neighborhood. Yeah, exactly. Oh, spirit. Yeah, what's the old Brocky and Bullwinkle line? Eeny, meeny, chilly, beeny, the spirits are about to speak. Well, moving along. Oh, the intellectual caliber of this show is so impressive. Where was I? In wisdom is a spirit. The word spirit, of course, in Greek, and the Book of Wisdom is written in Greek, I, it probably was originally written in Greek. Um, uh, it's it means it's a breath. It, it, in in this sense, it refers to the uh, a living being, a profound, the most profound part of a person. That part which lives is his spirit. It breathes, and and uh, you know the the saint. We talk about body and soul. Uh, but St. Paul talks about body, soul, and spirit. And the best I've come up with uh, to explain body, soul, spirit is we are living spirits. We're living breaths that manifest themselves in a mortal body and in an immortal soul. I, you know, take that. You got the salt shaker handy? Take that with a grain of salt. But the idea is a spirit is, is the most profound and living part of something. So in wisdom, there is something that is as if living it's intelligent it's holy and it's unique and manifold 
Okay, manifold. Isn't that isn't that something on a car? Um, unique. Monogenes is the Greek word, and it means it is it is of a single nature, yet it is manifold. It has many forms. Uh, um, oh, where where did I put the, the 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 Greek version of this? It's in here somewhere. Let's see where are we? Twenty two, twenty two. Um, yeah, it's um. It's uh, knowing wholly, singular, and uh, measuring out uh, much measured. In other words, it pours itself out in many forms. And then the word, the next word is, uh, it is uh, uh, agile. Agile. <laughs> you think of that as, as, as being, you know, doing um, uh, cartwheels. No, it, it, it's, it's, the word is lepton, a very interesting word that also referred to a coin, the coin that Father Phylus, one of my many Latin and Greek teachers, uh, Father Phylus, he was a great researcher in the Shroud, and he was a great numismatologist. He studied ancient Greek and Roman coins, and he saw, he maintained that he could identify a coin on the eyes of the man of the Shroud, a lepton of, of, uh, uh, of uh, Tiberius, and they said, Phylus, you're nuts. Uh, that that uh, your your coin on the eye of the shroud. Uh, this is just an aside, but I think it's kind of interesting. Your 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 coin on the eye of the shroud spells. If if you're right about this, you're claiming it spells Caesar with a C, and everybody knows that Caesar was spelled with a K in Greek, Caesar. And he said, I'll find a coin like that. Pilate was notoriously bad at coinage, and he found not one but two down at the old Marshall Fields, and they had a coin department back then. And uh, he found a coin that had so many similarities to the purported coin on the eye of this man of the shroud that um, it had, I think, 72 points of congruence or something, and that's way more than you need to prove uh, fingerprints. I mean... It was an amazing thing. But anyway, that coin was called a lepton. Um, just, I want to get back to the shroud. I think it's fascinating. The um, uh, That, practically speaking, dates the shroud of Turin and locates it. There's a coin minted by Pontius Pilate in 29 AD. There you go. Well, it was a lepton. And it was a tiny coin. And the word means light, not heavy. And that's what it means here. It's It's... Uh, how much is that going to cost you? It'll cost you two not heavies. That was a, a lepton. Now, now you know what lepton means in Greek. Boy, oh boy. Uh, so it, it's uh, um, uh, agile. In other words, it's light. It, 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 when you hear something that's truly wise, you go, oh, yeah. And uh, it's clear. It's unstained. It's certain. It's not baneful. That means it doesn't cause harm. And it loves the good. And the word is philagathon, which means it's a friend to the good. And keen, what, what was the word keen here? What the heck is keen? It, it's uxu, which means um, it's swift. Uh, I think uxu, I believe, I looked it up, but I believe it means swift. In other words, it's opposite, the opposite of slow, as in he's kind of slow. Uxu, it means it means swift. Uh, uh, and... and uh, sharp that that's the idea um let me just make sure i'm not making that up there's all these words that um yeah it means sharp <laughs> that's exactly what it, i'm right i'm right it means sharp 
um, it, it, it can, it can also mean, uh, it can also mean sour, but it, what it means is sharp, as in has a sharp taste. It's to the point as something which I mostly am not. All right. It goes on with this unhampered, beneficent, kindly, firm, secure, tranquil, all powerful, all seeing. Now, this is kind of an interesting one, pervading all spirits. Um, that it, I think it's, it's a, to me, this is a very important part of the passage, pervading all spirits. Let's see here. Where'd it go? Okay. I'm looking at the Greek text. No, wrong one. Oh, here it is. Uh, it, it's throughout all, all spirits that are, that are understanding clean and and again we have the word lepton and and uh and 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 light in other words real wisdom is not not this terrible burden you know i oh dear this is really aside well i can i can trim it down i i'm thinking of uh, german german uh, sermons if you've ever been to her theological German, it's utterly incomprehensible because to be a German preacher, you got to be a great scholar. Most of us who are listening to German preaching aren't great scholars. <clears throat> I remember first time I was in Germany, uh, my cousins didn't know what to do. They had a <laughs> got an American cousin show up on their doorstep uh, who was in a seminary. So they sat me down in front of a television on which there was a theological panel discussion going on. And I said to one of my cousins, I, I don't understand this. He said, neither do we. You know, that, that you can be so uh, uh, erudite that, well, well, you may be impressive, but <laughs> you're not doing any good. But so, there are a lot of German like and that. English cognates, though, right? This is live. Oh, yeah, there are a lot of German English cognates. It was the For instance, I remember trying to help a, a, an Indian priest translate. Uh, uh, he needed just two pages translated. And I was... A, a native German speaker and I are sitting there trying to translate this, these two pages. And um, we came across a phrase, the rooftop of joy. The rooftop of joy? What the roof? Oh, the pinnacle of joy. Okay, yeah. So uh, um, it, it's just, it's, it's you know, your university class in Germany, uh, if you preach, and it gets obscure. So, but that's not what wisdom is. Wisdom, it, it, pervades every spirit that is that is um, uh, um, what's the word that's intelligent and pure and subtle so the the, the X I want to grind with this and I'll get on to the gospel because it's much more comprehensible uh, the the X I want to grind with this <clears throat> is that if something is beautiful and true, we Catholics are bold enough to claim it as our own. And uh, I remember um, back when I was the uh, uh, Cardinal's liaison for Spanish-speaking prayer groups. At one point, uh, one of the one of the deacons who was running things said we should only allow Catholic music to be sung at the prayer meetings. And I thought, what what is Catholic music? I mean, that would mean no Bach. <laughs> we couldn't do Bach. We couldn't do Gustav Holtz, beautiful, beautiful hymn. Uh, we couldn't do all this beautiful music because, well, the authors of it weren't Catholic. Well, it's beautiful. 
that it was true, and the the lyrics had nothing objectionable to our doctrine, so we claim it is ours. We're kind of we're kind of uh, uh, greedy that way. If it's good and true and beautiful, it's ours. And that's I think what's being said, that that God is not removed from any human being. Now there are some who cultures who have actively rejected God. Uh, um, and uh, we can't say that we share religious values with them. For instance, uh, um, let me pick a religion that no one's going to be offended by. The devotees of, of Kali, the goddess Kali, um, who believed that, that she was pleased with murder. That's, that's not a religion that we're going to uh, borrow much from. But on the other hand, we borrowed a great deal from Greek philosophy. So uh, one, can, one can be overly or underly, shall we say, uh, ecumenical. Um, if it's true and it's beautiful, we claim it because wisdom is a spirit that pervades all spirits that are uh, knowledgeable and, 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 and beautiful. So I, I think that that's the sense of it. So in just one other thing, you know, this, this list of things about, about wisdom, it's, it's a formidable list. Um, uh, um, if you notice in James, the third cha- the letter of James, the third chapter, the 17th verse, uh, wisdom that comes from above is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial and sincere. He's echoing this, this list, this catalog of, of the, the qualities of true godly wisdom. So we see it in the New Testament also. All right, let's, let's get to the gospel here. Am I moving? I wonder. Th- oh, that's because my little. Uh, sorry about that. It's uh, my cord got stuck on my mic. There is that better? I think that's much better. Oh, sorry bother. about that. Oh bother. All right, Luke, the seventeenth chapter, the twenty. Boy, <laughs> yes, I think of Deacon John, Deacon Chick O'Leary, who said. It's an hour untouched by professionalism. That's not true. <laughs> my my producer's pretty professional. All right, Luke 17. Asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come. Now, remember what preceded this. Uh, it was preceded by uh, the, the, the ten lepers, the story of the ten lepers, the one, the Samaritan who came uh, to give thanks to God. And they were in Samaritan territory. Uh, so... He goes on to say, the days will come when you will long see one of the days of the Son of Man. Well, asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come. They were expecting an external kingdom. Uh, again, the, the my I endlessly defined kingdom for you, and I'm so sorry, but I think it's a, it's a huge part of the scripture. I think it's very important to understand it. The idea that the kingdom, uh, the idea of Basilea, which is translated kingdom, really is a quality of royalness. And what they were looking for was the reign of a powerful king who would would do in their enemies, like, well, the Samaritans. So he's just done something wonderful for a Samaritan, and then he's asked by the Pharisees. Now, by this time, he would have gotten down in Judea. He seems to have been in Samaritan country. Uh, when that happened, uh, he was passing through the midst of Galilee and Samaria. So the Pharisees asked him when the kingdom of God would come. In other words, when is God going to, to send us a Messiah who who will be a great leader, who will reestablish uh, uh, the, the, the rulership of, 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 of the Torah and, and uh, the rulership of the power, uh, political power of, 
of our ancestors and and squash people like the Romans and the Greeks and well, the Samaritans who you just helped. And so he says, the the coming of the kingdom of God can't be can't be seen. Uh, no one will announce. Look here it is or there it is. Behold the kingdom of God, and the word is. Entosimon, I think I, I'd have, I looked that up in Greek too, but I'm just remembering it. Entosimon, which means it can mean among you or within you. And, you know, I think what Jesus is saying uh, as he goes on, then he said to his disciples, the days will come when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, but you will not see it. There will be those who say, look, there he is, or look, here he is. Don't go off. Don't run in pursuit. Uh, just as the lightning flashes and the lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the Son of Man be in his day. But he must first suffer greatly and be rejected by this generation. Now, let's look at this. Um, Jesus is saying to his disciples that the kingdom of God they're asking about, you're standing in front of it. I'm the kingdom of God. I'm God's royal nature. I'm, you want to know what God is? You're looking at it. He was seen the fa- He's seen me as seen the Father. That, that where Jesus is present, there God's own royal nature is. And that's where the kingdom of God is. That's why he says to the Pharisees, the kingdom of God, it can mean within you, but it can mean among you. Here they translate it, among you. Uh, uh, and I think that this particular text, the word entos means more among than within. But but I'm standing here in front of you. That's like when Jesus stood in front of Pilate. And Pilate said, what is the truth? Jesus didn't say anything. The truth was standing in front of him. Jesus is the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So there's Jesus. Well, I looked at this as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky, so will the Son of Man be in his day. He doesn't say the, the day of the Son of Man will be like that, but the Son of Man will be like that in his day. And again, back with the Shroud of Turin, which I find utterly fascinating, that the marks on the Shroud of Turin are very amazing. They are extremely superficial. Uh, that means they're not on the top fibers. They're on the top fibrils of the top fibers. Things, uh, the, the, the marks, the, the darkening that makes the image on the Shroud of Turin, that amazing three-dimensional photographic image, is made by these, these fibrils, these, these smaller than a human hair. If you took a razor blade and went along the length of the shroud, you would destroy the image. It's that superficial. And it looks like a scorch, but it doesn't have the chemical properties of a scorch. They've been, it definitely is not paint. Uh, it's, it's, it's not some sort of chemical process uh, that, that permeates the cloth. In fact, is where there are blood stains on the shroud, it's so superficial that under the blood stains, there is no... There is no uh, no no mark. It's a it's a dehydration of of cellulose fibers somehow. Um, I think that's what it is. And finally, some physicists were able to reproduce uh, or were able to create that exact type of stain, but it can only be made by an intense explosion of light. Kaboom! An intense explosion of light that lasts for, what is it, one four hundredth, uh, one uh, four hundred billionth of a second. Any longer, it would have toasted the cloth. Any less, it wouldn't have made the marks. One, I think, four hundred billionth 
of a second. In other words, instantaneously. And so the the, the theory is, uh, and in the movie Risen, which I, th- I think is an excellent movie, they portray the resurrection exactly as this. Jesus didn't get up from the slab like Frankenstein. He exploded in light that passed through the bottom and the top of the cloth, apparently. That's what... That's the theory on how this was made. So just as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the Son of Man be in his day. But first he must suffer greatly and be rejected by this generation. In other words, God's royal nature manifested in the resurrection is first manifested in his sufferings and in his rejection. So I think when Jesus says, uh, so will the Son of Man be in his day. His day is the resurrection. I don't think he's talking about the second coming. I think he's talking about the resurrection. That's just my theory. So well, let's go to a break, and we'll come back with, um, what will we come back with? We'll come back with letters. I got a lot of letters. Looking for a new job? How about one that offers you opportunities for spiritual, social, and charitable growth? Our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is hiring new agents today. Visit relevantradio.com slash forester. An Illinois Life Insurance Society not available in all states. Lord, I'm traveling on for Jesus. Night and day, night and day. Let me tell you I'm traveling on for Jesus. Canadian, two Canadian sisters, and, uh, traveling on now for Jesus. I, I would like to sit quietly one place for Jesus, but well, sometimes you got to travel on for Jesus, which, which is great fun. All right, let us move on now to uh, letters. We're going to go to letters. Oh boy. Okay, let me get to another one. You know, my computer arbitrarily sort of puts things in spots that I don't recognize. All right. This is a letter from uh, the from from uh, this is kind of fun uh, from 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 George, uh, who lives in uh, Western Oregon. Uh, thanks for mentioning the mulberry tree. We have an old one uprooted by the Columbus Day storm in 1962 in Western Oregon, which was hurricane strength. So it, it's kind of kind of fun. Uh, he got to see the root structure of a mulberry tree. And what? Well, what, what's this about? I, I, a few days ago, we had the gospel. If you say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and thrown into the sea. Um, uh, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, it will happen. Well, that same concept in, I think it's Matthew, says uh, that the mount will be moved. Uh, the thing that those two things have in common, and the, the reason that they're, they're both equivalent. <clears throat> you know, well, which one did Jesus say, mulberry tree or mountain? It doesn't really matter. He might have said both. Um, oh, this is this is an interesting thing. Uh, when in the Gospels, when Jesus says, when the Gospels says, Jesus said, 
frequently it's Jesus used to say it's the imperfect tense, which means he didn't say it once. He said it a lot of times. Preachers repeat their sermons for different audiences, and he was like us in all things but sin, so I'm sure Jesus repeated his sermons. Uh, um, he was trying to say something, the same thing to lots of different groups. Well, the, the, uh, the mulberry tree, back to the mulberry tree, the mountains, the ancient people thought mountains had roots, mulberry trees have roots. So the roots of the mountains, you see it in Scripture all the time. So he's talking about this, uh, um, this, um, mulberry tree rooted well it still puts out shoots with mulberries on them but it's way down in the bottom across the creek so i don't see uh, see when it's ripe and the yellow jackets might sting us um so the the uh, um i think that's kind of interesting that that uh mulberry trees are very persistent and what i think what jesus is saying in the context in that gospel is that bitterness and and hatred have very deep roots. That's what you want to rip out because you have faith the size of a mustard seed. If you trust God, why do we why do we hold bitterness in our heart? Because if I don't look out for me, no one else will. Well, Jesus is saying, yes, your Father in heaven will. So you can let go of your own vengeances and bitternesses and rancors because God's going to look out for you. Uh, if you if you trust God, if you have faith if, that is trust the size of a mustard seed, you're going to let go of your anger and bitterness and hatred. You're going to rip it out by the roots and throw it into the sea. Remember, Jesus said, "Unless you forgive your brother from your heart." So I think that's that's what that root uh, that root symbolism in that in that those Bible passages means. So you know, a mulberry tree keeps putting out shoots, and and it's hard to get rid of. This is one that was almost knocked into the ocean by 100 mile an hour winds in 1962 that's a while ago so thanks george thanks very i think it's very interesting all right let's see here where am i all right this is from an anonymous frustrated homeschooling mom my daughter is being homeschooled and she's taking algebra one she wants to ask you if this counts toward time in purgatory or does it hopefully eliminate purgatory altogether? I'm on the side of it eliminating purgatory altogether. I can't believe I graduated from high school or college because to this day, I don't even know what algebra is. I, I, you know, it's, it's finding unknown quantities by the relationship of other numbers. But that's about as, I think that's what it is. Algebra completely mystified me. And, uh, well, so... <laughs> Anonymous homeschooling mom, I'm I'm on your side when it comes to algebra. It's one of the great mysteries of of uh, life. The things of God, well, we can take a stab at them, but algebra, okay, moving along here. Okay, all right. Um, this is um, from uh, JT uh, and. Uh, well, let me read it. In today's responsorial psalm, this is this is actually from a few days ago. Uh, the psalmist said, The Lord has eyes for the just and ears for their cry. The Lord confronts the evildoers to destroy the remembrance of them from the earth. I know that you personally do not have the answer to this, but it seems, well, I may. It seems as though in the Old Testament, God literally defeated enemies. He literally smote them or had his angels do the same. Why does it seem that the prayers of the just in today's times are not answered? 
If there was ever a time that evildoers needed to be confronted by God, there could not be a better time than today. Thank you for listening <laughs> and, and, and for the show. Well, I'm not sure about that. Um, uh, the, uh, uh, good grief. My, my computer has just decided it's going to, um, um, update itself. Skip Where's the any now. key? Right. There doesn't seem to be any, any uh, key. I give out. All right. Moving along. Let's, let's get back to, uh, uh, wherever we were. Yes. Let's get back to this letter. Um, the scripture itself answers, answers that question that, that, um, that St. Paul says, uh, well, let me, let me look this up. If these days should be shortened, thank you for the waiting music. Okay, this might take a long time of listening to smooth jazz. Yeah, okay. Matthew twenty four twenty two. I found it. This is not St. Paul, this is the Lord. Um, Jesus is talking about the, the well, pr- probably about the destruction of Jerusalem. And he's saying that at that time there will be great tribulation. Uh, uh, People think this is reference to the end of the world. And Dr. Han, who I consider truly brilliant, he uh, feels it's really about the destruction of Jerusalem. And I think he's absolutely correct. But uh, at that time there will be great tribulation unmatched from the beginning of the world until now, never to be seen again. If those days had not been cut short, nobody would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will not be cut short. In other words, God has a point at which the evil outweighs the good so heavily that well, the cup of his wrath is filled up. But God is forbearing, hoping for the salvation of sinners. You know, I, I, I say something rather controversial. I mean, the... the um, the Aztecs, for instance, we, we look at, at the, the Native American Holocaust, and it was a Holocaust. Nine out of ten uh, people died when the Europeans came to this hemisphere, and, and mostly of, from, from viruses and bacteria. Uh, the, the indigenous people of the Americas had no resistance to our diseases. Well, why would the Lord allow that? You know, I, I I take a great risk in trying to second guess God, but you realize that the religion of the Inca, the Maya, and the Aztecs was a religion of human sacrifice, particularly the sacrifice of children. And there comes a point where enough is enough, and and God's forbearance is. is is, well, I don't know if that's the right word, overtaxed. And we can feel very pious and smug about it, but I look at what we're doing in the murder of children in abortion. And thank God the bishop's uh, uh, conference has reiterated our our unhesitating opposition to abortion. Uh, praise God for that. So, you know, the, the, there comes a point. Um, well, when will this nation reach that point? I look at what happened in Ohio, that, that uh, the citizens of Ohio have voted to, to, um, to give people the right to kill their children. And how long will God put up with it? 
You know, there comes a point. So God is forbearing. He doesn't smite the evildoer while there's a chance that the evildoer might repent. But when that hope is gone and the evil done by the evildoer reaches uh, beyond what is uh, proportionate, then God smites the evildoer and a lot of the people around him. You know, well, God smites the innocent with the guilty. Have you not read the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and Abraham reasoning with God? Who's innocent in a society which does nothing? Well, I've never had an abortion. I've never paid for an abortion. I've never, what have you done to fight abortion? Well, it wasn't my job. Yes, it was. Again, are you your brother's keeper? Most certainly you are. That to do nothing is to is to give consent. To say nothing is to give consent. And um, so we are all guilty in this. We are all guilty of the crime of the nation uh, and of the world today. That said, we're going to take a break. We'll come back with a word of the day. And, <coughs> excuse me. Oh, where's the cough button? We will open the phones at 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149. We'll be right back. If you are in the market for health insurance, our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is here to help you and your family find the most cost-effective health plan. Learn more at relevantradio.com slash Forrester. Georgia, Georgia, the whole day Just an old sweet song. Well, actually, keeps Georgia we, we really need to, to pray for Georgia, not the state of Georgia, but the country of Georgia. There's a, about 100,000 uh, of our fellow Christians who have been displaced in a war in Georgia. And it was essentially a, a territorial and religious war. So, uh, Lord, bless them. All right, let us go to the word of the day. Ah, here we are. You know, in the reading, we read that um, um, we shouldn't go pursuing the Messiah. Look, there he is. Here he is. And, you know, it is kind of funny that that uh, I remember uh, there was a, a big uh, non-denominational church on the north side of Chicago, and miracles were happening there. So everybody went uh, from the, the prayer groups because that's where God was doing stuff. Well, I will never forget this, this minister. Uh, had an altar call and immediately followed by the collection. And, uh, you know, he had people give their lives to Jesus and give their bucks to him. And then one of the nights, um, uh, he, he came all weeping because he kept all that money in his hotel room had all been stolen. I thought, you know, people go off. I mean, miracles are glorious. I mean, I'm a great believer in miracles, but... People pursue them when they don't pursue the real miracle, which is the consecration every day in the Mass, that bread and wine become flesh and blood. Well, it doesn't look like a miracle. It is a miracle. You can see a miracle every day if you want to. But that's not what I want to talk about in the Word of the Day. Well, do not go off. Do not run in pursuit. Um, These are words we need to take to heart. For just as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to another, the word I want to pick on here is sky, because it is the exact same word as heaven. Uh, 
that 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 they they had um, just you know uh, English is a very vocabulary rich language because we're composed of all these different languages. Well, yeah, maybe, but uh, the word for uh, um, sky is uranos, uh, which is the exact same word as as heaven. And uh, well, you mean so heaven's in the sky? No, no. What he, Jesus is talking about, what the ancients were talking about, was an ethereal world that was removed from our own. And uh, the lightning, it's interesting in the text, goes uh, uh, from one end of under the sky. And the word is actually hypotonorunon, under the sky, under the heaven. It goes from one end of the world under the heaven to the other end of the world. This idea of the sky, uh, this was this was the reality that was infinitely removed from this reality. But I don't know. I thought that was interesting. So let's move along to phone calls. The phone is ringing. I noticed. Well, the phones are open, by the way, at 888-914-888-914-9149. I forgot the second part. Let me give it again. 888-914-9149. And we have a lot of lines open, so... Call fast. All right, let's go to Tom, who's calling from Tucson, Arizona. Tom, what can I do for you? Well, I tell you, you might have to get the salt shaker or maybe a call to uh, Father Ooh. Matthew Spencer. But, but I think it's remarkable how our faith continues to precede us in science and discovery. So it, metaphysics leads our or guides us in physics. So a lepton. So a lepton is a subatomic particle. It's an elementary particle. And it's considered the smallest basic value, but it's also ah. not affected by strong nuclear forces, only the weak forces, electromagnetic and gravity. So it's kind of an oh. eternal particle. Oh, my. That's interesting. So what do you think of that, Father? Well, I'm sure they named it for the Greek word lepton, which means light is air, but it's still cool. I think that really is neat. Physics is amazing. Are you a physicist? Um, not classically trained. I'm a physicist by nature, one of those uh, polymaths uh, that had too many uh, learning disabilities to have a proper education. But yes, I, I participate in physics and metaphysics and quantum mechanics and automation and machine learning. I'm kind of one of those guys. Physics is utterly amazing. It really is. You know, you think, well, the Bible miracles, that's a little far-fetched. Study quantum mechanics. There's nothing <laughs> in the scriptures which is weirder than quantum mechanics. It's amazing. It's amazing. Well, well mathematics well, is well, the God, language of God, I believe. I mean, it's the study it, of truth, right? I mean, to me, I mean, yeah, you know, I was kind of hurt yeah. by your banging on algebra, right? I mean, come on, algebra. We love algebra. No, algebra is <laughs> wonderful. It's just that I'm not that smart. So there's the problem. It, I wasn't banging on algebra. I was banging on me and that poor girl who couldn't get it. At any rate, Tom, well, <laughs> well thanks for calling you, in and thanks for listening. God bless. Let's go to Martha from Fullerton, California. Hello? Hello, Martha. What can I do for you? Uh, Father, hello. My question is, why is the Holy Spirit, in some readings, referred to in the feminine gender? I I don't think the Holy Spirit is ever referred to in the feminine gender. Uh, 
in in a good translation. The wisdom is a feminine gender, Sophia. Um, that that Sophia. That's is a, what I meant. Wisdom. I'm sorry. Yes. The, yeah. Wisdom. Well, because yeah. wisdom is a feminine word. You see, in the ancient world, uh, I, I we talked about gender a few days ago, and and the idea of gender. Um, you know that we would say uh, something like uh, um, uh, she's a really good ship. She went through the storm without any problem. Well, we know that a ship is not a woman, but we'll call her she. In in many languages in the world to this day, you still have to say that that the proper uh, uh, pro the proper. Uh, uh, Oh, come on, predicate, what am I thinking? Not predicate, I can't think of the grammar term. Uh, oh, gosh, I taught grammar all my life, and now I can't mean. think of the term. Yeah, it's like the, 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 the linking pronoun has to be the gender, has to agree uh, in number and gender with the word to which it refers. So the Holy Spirit is neuter, believe it or not. Pneuma is a neuter word. So the Holy Spirit is neuter in, in grammatically. Uh, um, we don't say the Holy Spirit, he. They say the Holy Spirit, it, is in the text. I'd have to look up a text. Uh, but the Father and the Son, of course, would be called the Holy Spirit, he, or the Father, he, just as we would in English. But uh, why can't I think of the word? Somebody will call in and help me. Oh, get, but anyway, it's uh, tough. That's why I misled you because you were not, what about wisdom? So wisdom yeah. in the dictionary Sophia, would have yeah. it, wisdom feminine would be gender. feminine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Huh. It's not saying that wisdom is a woman, but uh it certainly sounds like it in the text, but uh in, in Greek it's Sophia. And the book of wisdom is written in Greek, so certainly the book of wisdom would, would refer to Wisdom as as she. So there, that's and a so, so, great and so Sophia is question. a feminine name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's a feminine word. It's not a feminine name. Well, the name Sophia is a woman's name. Um, um, uh, I'm, I'm looking something up here because this is making me crazy that I can't remember this. Quique and quad. Uh, let's see. Oh, good grief. Uh, I, it's a relative pronoun. That's what it is, a relative pronoun. The relative pronoun, which introduces a clause, must agree with its antecedent in number and gender, not case. Oh, I feel much better now. Well, thank you for calling in with an erudite question. So there you go. All right. Oh. Thank you, Father. Okay. Oh, thank goodness. Relative, relative uh, pronoun. Okay, moving along. Thanks, Martha. Steve from Chicago, what can I do for you? Hey, Father Simon. You are so funny yet so scholarly. Uh, I don't know about that, I, but go on. <laughs> I also was not the star of my algebra class. No, so no. Could, could a simple man think of... Um, the uh, the resurrection of Jesus, you know, referring to your shroud oh. discussion earlier, yeah, yeah, as something somewhat similar, perhaps, to the Transfiguration, which was instantaneous, and you know, amazed the apostles. I had never thought of that, and I believe you are absolutely correct that 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 the light that Jesus in the in the Nicene Creed, of course, we say, uh, light from light, true God from true God. 
that that uh, ah there you go there yeah you go. and yes I mean that was we we've always believed traditionally that that the transfiguration was in a sense a foretaste of the resurrection Jesus was strengthening Peter James and John and and it's interesting because in, in in the Greek text he's talking to uh, uh, Moses and and Elijah about his his coming exodus that's the word in Greek his exodon he's talking about his exodus his his leaving and you know i i think that that the resurrection the transfiguration and even the ascension were kind of of a of a cloth that's interesting that thank you that's oh i feel a sermon coming on so there you go yeah i agree with you wholeheartedly he very preach. good yes okay father it. well thanks so All much right. god bless right, thank bye-bye. you let's go to justin from dayton what can I do for you? How's it going today? Oh, it's going pretty well, come to think of it. What can I do for you, Justin? <clears throat> so, I got a question of the ages, but it's probably a long one, but hopefully you can shorten yeah. it for me. Sure. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm non-denominational, and uh, I started yeah. listening to you guys a few weeks back, and I've, you know, I feel like God sends me to things and teaches me things through other religions as well sure um but what what i was christian i love christianity i didn't entirely like all the views i just wanted to follow christ yeah so with that being said is catholics christians i I feel like christians a branch from catholics and protestants is a branch from catholics as well but i could be wrong but historically that's that's pretty true yeah what makes one uh, the right one to belong to? Well, I guess it would be. Uh, you know that that well. You know, religion is simpler than than one would think. There, there are in the world only two types of religions. There is theism and pantheism. Either the world, the universe, or string theories, right? The universes are self-creating, and they are. God, or these things were created by a being outside of them, and those were we call theists. And the common religion of humanity has always been pantheism, that, that um, you know, ancient people would look at a rock or a stone or a, a tree, and, and somehow this was a living thing, and, and, and they worshiped the gods who they perceived in nature and that's part of why why there's gender because trees and rocks and everything had personalities and they were either male or female or neither so that was kind of worshiping the world itself was was an ancient religion modern people do that all the time the 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 so-called uh science approach that science will answer all the questions that religion tried to answer i don't think it ever will because there's always one more question uh yeah, I agree so with that's that. So that's, that's kind of one form of religion. But then what we believe is that, that there is this perfect, infinite, immortal, all-powerful being who brought all things into being out of nothing. And he, he created it for a purpose and intervened in it and came into it. And there are only three major branches of that, that religion, maybe four if you count Zoroastrianism, but Islam, Judaism, and Christianity. And those are kind of the three of them. And when I look at those three, 
the one that to me is most beautiful is the religion that worships Jesus of Nazareth. What he said, mm-hmm. he, he answered the questions in a way no one ever had. He, you know, well, God is completely other, completely different. No, he, he said, that's not true. God is intimately involved with every human being. God is sacrificial love. And when I see Christ sacrificing himself on the cross, I'm convinced that he is who he claimed to be, the very image of uh, the visible image of the invisible God. What Christianity teaches uh, is that that um, if you want to get to know God, if you want to get to know what the creative force that brought all things into being is, get to know a Jewish carpenter who was born in a barn and died on a cross. That's rather amazing. But Jesus said, if I'm lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. And and I I find the image of Jesus on his cross irresistible. And then, well, did Jesus come to start an institution? Well, if you read the scriptures, it's pretty clear he did. And, you know, which institution has the most reasonable claim to that? And and I think for all of its imperfections and all of the difficulties that that the 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 church universal the the structure of the church uh, found in the Catholic Church is is uh, is the institution that Jesus started through the ministry of the apostles. So um, that process of elimination, you got theism and pantheism. I believe theism is true. I don't think the universe created itself. I think that's not possible. And of the three great uh, uh, theistic religions, I find the one taught by Jesus of Nazareth to be the most beautiful. And of the institutions that claim to have been founded by him, I think that the, the Roman Catholic Church has the best and most ancient claim. So that's that's why I'm a Catholic. Does that help? Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. No, yeah, yeah I, I get that. I just, uh, yeah, my mom's a Christian. I'm, I used to be, and uh, I've always been fond of the Catholic religion um, for maybe, I don't know why exactly, Got I had some friends in it, uh, movies about it, the Vatican, the Popes, all that's always intrigued me. I just, yeah, I don't know what was stuff. the oldest religion. I don't think well, Catholic might have not been the oldest, but uh, probably, oh, it, probably it's, up there, it, right? It's, it's not the oldest religion religion, it's the oldest of the Christian groups. Now, the Greek Orthodox would say they are, and we would say, yeah, that they were founded by the apostles, too. But the idea of, of the unity of the church that we find in the papacy is is uh, very important. And these are difficult times in the Catholic Church. I wouldn't want to, uh, I wouldn't want to uh, lead you astray. But, you know, I still think it is the institution founded by Jesus through the ministry of the disciples. So... Well, good luck in your search, and I'm glad that even though you may have given up on churches, you haven't given up on Jesus, because no, uh, Jesus, yeah, he, he is he is who he claims to be. And by the way, you're calling in from our nice new station in 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 Cincinnati, in Cincinnati. Oh yeah. Oh Dayton, you're in Dayton. Yeah, we're in Cincinnati, as my grandmother used to call it. God bless Justin, and uh, there's a great guy called Justin Martyr, who was an early Christian philosopher. Uh, who was martyred, and uh, that's where your name comes from, Justin. And he was a great hero of the early church. You might want to look up St. Justin Martyr. And you might want to stay tuned for Drew also.